I don't know. Are you talking shit again? Go on. I'm not. Oh my god, I almost knocked over my cider. Holy shit. Oh, don't do that. Don't. Don't. Whatever you do, never knock alcohol over. I... It's bad, Cam. It's bad luck. I know. It's dangerous. You'll burn in hell. <laughs> Yikes. Hell and damnation. <laughs> if it works right, it's way, way sexier than nude. So don't be nude. Whatever you do, don't be nude. Whatever, whatever I do, don't be nude. Just keep a, I don't know, keep a thong on or something like that. Whatever. <laughs> keep, <laughs> that, keep that'll head, be the title. The title's just keep your headphones on. Keep, yeah, your, keep, keep on. your headphones on. <laughs> keep your headphones on. <laughs> I'm not nude. I'm wearing headphones. <laughs> yeah, there you go. How do you fucking think I'm doing? I'm doing shit. <laughs> All right, you're ready then. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready, mate. Even go for it. Put the cider down. You gotta get. The... Oh, I heard that. I could. I heard... do it again. What? The. No, I heard it. Go on. Oh, oh fucking hell. Yeah. That's quite an erotic sound, that actually. <laughs> quite not. Are you gonna loop if that from now on? That, if you could record that every five seconds, you'd make it more. Welcome to episode 11 of the Screams and Moans podcast, the podcast about movies and sex, but not together, because that would be porn. This week, I have with me Nigel Boydell from the HMS podcast, Cockcast podcast. <laughs> there you go! Hello! Shit, <laughs> You're all right, lovely. Oh, are we going on a voyage today? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna actually I live on a narrowboat, so I might just take you up the canal. <laughs> we haven't negotiated that yet. <laughs> <laughs> well I've got a I've got a handful of small change and from what I've heard, that's plenty enough for you. <laughs> I am not cheap. I'm moderately expensive. Oh, right. <laughs> You might be expensive, but whether you're worth it or not is up to me. So now I've got to prove myself, you know. Do you haven't enjoyed the first 11 episodes? I don't know. Or first 10 episodes? I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the first episode. The first episode was fucking marvellous. The rest of them have been a bag of shite. <laughs> Who did you have on the first one? <laughs> hey, I had you on the second one. <laughs> Oh, was it the second one? All oh, right, the first one was shit. The second one was brilliant. <laughs> Had a lot of holiday spirit. Yeah, it was Christmas. It was Christmas. It was wonderful, wasn't it? It was. It was actually a lot of fun because I um. It was a lot of fun. Got to cover one. Of I the... thought it was going to be shit. I thought, oh god, I'm going to talk to this dreary tart. And but it was actually really good fun. <laughs> oh, it always is with me. Come on. <laughs> No. I drag you on, keep you up late at night. Shit. Just a mess. 
Yeah. Let's not go down the road, but keeping people up late at night anyway. Let's let's move on. All right. <laughs> well, moving on. Um, yeah, so last time I had you on, it was a special episode because it was our Christmas special. So I wanted to have yeah. you on. It's funny you should mention that because you got me watching a film that I'd never watched before, but it's a bit of a, an American tradition to watch. And I will watch it again this Christmas and I will probably watch it every Christmas. So what I'm saying, you've brought that tradition over the trans... Oh, it's just like a transatlantic tradition now. I will. It's sitting there now. I probably won't watch it. Because it's not a film you can watch in the middle of summer, is it? No. It's got to be winter. It's got to be Christmas with the tree and everything. And I will watch it again. And I will probably watch it every Christmas. Now. So thank you very much, Megan, for introducing me to something that's going to probably bring my IQ down by about 40 points. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I thought all you had to do to do that was Chunks. move over to Yorkshire. <laughs> oh, boom, boom, bam, bam, there you go. I hope Ian's not listening to this. <laughs> well, he's probably not. He's probably out shagging sheep. <laughs> oh, is that what I'm going to see in May? <laughs> yeah. 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 If, if, uh, we're putting on a traditional show for you. It's just him in his Wellingtons, and he's got a sheep with its feet down the front of his Wellington boots, so it can't move, taking it from behind. It's in a Yorkshire. It's a Yorkshire tradition. <laughs> Is that where they get Yorkshire pudding from? <laughs> I like Yorkshire pudding, but I don't think I can ever face another one now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, this is what happens when we get together. Uh, no, it's silly, isn't it? Oh, it's great. Fucking idiots together. <laughs> I've got my cider. Mm. I've, got, I've got very little left of my gin. I've only just poured it. I've only got about an eighth of an inch left. May have to go for more gin. Mm. I'll have to wait till my mother's gone to bed, though, to raid the cabinet. <laughs> Some things there don't change. Yes. Topping up from last night. <laughs> anyway let's move on yeah maybe we should uh move on to the movie because yeah. kind of like last time i had you on um and you went straight in there didn't you there was no fucking intro there was no shit there was no messing about we've gone straight to the movie do you, are you deliberately keeping this podcast short i am not keeping this podcast short because right, we, we've gone straight into the movie and you caught me a bit left footy because I was I thought we'd have a bit of diatribe. I thought we'd have a bit of banter. Oh no, you want to talk about the movie, talk about Dr. Juice, Sue Limmy's and then fuck Nigel off because he's a pain in the ass. I know where you're coming from. <laughs> oh, you can try to call me out, Mr. Boydell. But okay. we've already been talking for two hours. <laughs> okay. There is that. <laughs> well, you know, when you're talking about, you know, Shacking up with my mom for a couple of weeks, that kind of cools me off a little bit. I've seen a photo of your mom. She's a hot chick. She is good looking. Yeah. She is. Well, I obviously get it from somewhere. I can see. I was going to say, I can see where you get your looks from. Yeah. Does she spit or does she swallow? <laughs> oh, um, I can't really say. And um, I wouldn't be able to say, you know, like, daughter like mother or anything like that so um <laughs> <laughs> there you go 
And for those who uh, cannot see me right now, my face is... He's actually done it. I think my face is bright red right now. Um, <laughs> oh, that's like an accomplishment here. It screams and moans. <laughs> <laughs> the movie. The movie. Are we talking about the movie? Yeah, oh, yeah. We're, how about moving on to the movie? So... With this one, uh, I also introduced you to another one of my favorites uh, that's not holiday-related in the movie Pontypool. So um, for those who haven't seen it, it's... How would I describe it? It's a non-traditional zombie movie. It's not about gore, but it revolves around uh, a set of characters who end up being um, shacked up together (laughs) in the bottom of a church uh, that is a radio station and it surrounds all the input and events that they're hearing about as well. So I think it's a movie that people tend to either really love it or really hate it because they're either really, really into it or they're not into it at all. So, um, and it does take a a little bit to kind of get going, I think, but yeah, that being said, even when the movie starts out, I kind of fucking love that, actually. <laughs> the little monologue at the beginning. Mrs. French's cat is missing. The signs are posted all over town. Have you seen Honey? We've all seen the posters, but nobody has seen Honey the cat. Nobody. Until last Thursday morning. When Miss Colette Piscine swerved her car to miss Honey the Cat as she drove across a bridge. Well, this bridge, now slightly damaged, is a bit of a local treasure and even has its own fancy name Pont de Flac. Now, Colette, that sounds like culotte. That's petty in French. And Piscine means pool. Petty pool. Flac also means pool in French, so. Colette Piscine in French Patty Pool drives over the Pont de Flac, the Pont de Pool, if you will, to avoid hitting Mrs. French's cat that has been missing in Pont de Pool. Pont de Pool. Pont de Pool. Pont de Pool. Pont de Flac. What does it mean? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. No, I had to, like, drag myself through that a bit, and it was only Mrs. So-and-so's cat. Yeah. And all that. And I had to... But... Right, no, I'm going to talk now. You've got the wrong person on for talking about movies. I don't watch films. I don't watch films. I don't watch television. I've got a television on the boat. It's been in the cupboard for six months. I never get it out. The only time I get it out is to watch Top Gear, which I, which on the, I watch on the computer anyway. I never watch films. I've no interest in films. The last film I watched, my partner dragged me to watch Inception. At the end of Inception, I turned to her and I said, and I said, did you understand a fucking minute of that? That So I'm not. But, and I hate, I'm a big softie. I really am. I don't like gore. I don't like violence. I don't see the point in it. I've no interest in it. I sat and I watched Pontypool and I fucking loved it. Yay. Big time. I fucking loved it, usually, and I will watch it again. And I think the thing about it was that there was no violence. There was no graphic violence. It was all about emotions. And it was basically 
three actors who actually ended up being two because the young girl died. Yes. The characters, especially Grant Mazzy, are so powerful that they're compelling. And when the undead kind of thing come in, it's not corny because it's almost relevant to how they should behave. I I actually I tell you when I watched it, I've I've no way of watching films. I've not got Netflix. We've got Netflix over in Yorkshire at Lynn's, but I've not got Netflix on the boat or anything like that. Right. So I went to Amazon and I, I, I rented just an Amazon. And I went into the office at work and I locked the office up and I went upstairs. I should have been at work and I sat upstairs at the <laughs> computer with my laptop and watched it with a cup of tea and I just watched it. And I had one eye on the monitor. We've got CCTV cameras all up. So I've got one eye on the monitor watching, make sure nothing's happening on the marina. And I'm watching this film and I just watched it. And it was buffering. And every like quarter of an hour it buffered. And I'd go downstairs and just like, make a cup of tea or check everything all right. I'd come back upstairs and watched it. And yes, thanks for that. Because I don't watch films. I know it's been slagged off. I know people don't think that it's probably graphic enough. Get get your fucking act together, you cunts. You don't need it feeding you on a spoon. You don't need violence feeding fork feeding you. Get it in your head. Get emotions in your head. And the powerful um, acting, of, uh, uh, especially the vocal player, Grant Mazzett, and the girl who played the, the producer. Sydney. I thought, yeah, yeah Sydney was so... It, even the acting wasn't particularly good, but it was compelling. And it was just in this one room. It must have cost about a dollar to make that film <laughs> in this room wasn't it and you felt and at one point one of the one of the members of staff is taken over by this virus and she's throwing herself at and but you feel desperately sorry for her yes. because <laughs> you've got to know the character but you've got to know that she, she, she's such a nice kid isn't it? She's been, she's been to Afghanistan. She's done this. She's done that. And she's a nice kid. Then she gets taken over, and she ends up dying. And you just feel desperately sorry because you know that she wasn't that. She was this nice kid. You're you know, so invested I, at that point in the characters. Yeah. Yes. And I just say to anybody, whatever you like about it, fucking watch this. And I never watch films. I no interest in films at all. And when you asked me to do it, I thought, oh, I don't know how to watch films. I don't, I haven't got that intelligence. I, I go home at night, I read, I play music, I have instruments that I play, I go to, da, 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 and I make my tea. About, and by the end of that, my evening's gone, and I go to bed, and I go to work the following day after. So I've not really got time to watch films. I, it's like encouraged me to find another film like this. I don't know whether I'm being naive because I don't watch many films and, and saying I like it and there are much better films out there or whether I'm right. I'm giving it a real, true critique because I'm not comparing it to other things. Right, because you're not but comparing it to a just, huge bunch of it, films. For somebody who's just come in, who doesn't watch films, who's no interest in watching films, who sat down and thought, right, go on, let's sit through this and then finding it so compelling 
because it's what I want to watch. I don't, I'm not interested in gratuitous violence. It's boring. Um, and I like something I can just sit and get into. And it was just a room. It's just a room. That's all it is. And its room is not even well decorated. It's the, it's like the cellar of a church. Right. With a few speakers and microphones hanging out. And that's it. It's and then like you've a got podcasters. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was going to say that. It's bit, you know, it, it reminded me of podcasters. Yeah. But then you've got this character, this grandmaster, who's like, he's such a cynic and a joker. And. They can't control him because they're saying, no, shut up, don't take the piss out of this. And he's getting news reports in that he's taking the piss out of and things like that. But in the end, it all turns round and he got his head together. And it's like, is this kind of intellect that gets them through it. I, I loved it. I fucking loved it. And I was hoping, I was waiting for you to, to ask me about it. But basically, I just want to say, yeah, thanks a lot for getting me to watch it. The only reason I've never watched that is because it's called Pontypool. <laughs> and fucking Pontypool is a town in Wales. So you expect everybody to talking like this by old one shagging sheep and isn't it, is it? Talking about <laughs> Snowden and walking up hillsides like. And it's like that. And Pontypool is like in Wales, in, in, you know, in Great Britain. <laughs> Have I talked long enough now? Do you want to say something? Uh, you know, I'll come in and speak when I feel like it. No, um, <laughs> that was good, though, because I was... Do you like it, though? I, I actually really like it. It's it's definitely one of those movies, actually. It's very... I can watch it again. I, can, I think it's one of those where I think I'd get... Because of the interaction between the characters and because of the amount of energy that's coming out of the main character... I could watch it again, and I could get stuff out of it again. I was going to say... It is. I'd aspire to be like Grant Mazet. This is Radio 660, The Beacon. I'm Grant Mazzy, and as always, I'll be taking no prisoners. And taking a look outside. A big, cold, freaking kill me now weather front that'll last all day. He's such a cool character. I mean, he's as mad as a fucking asser, but he's such a... I think, I like you. You're mad, you are. Well, I've I've seen the movie numerous times now, and every time I watch it, I see new things or new perspectives. You know, you pick up on something that you didn't pick up on before, and it's that kind of movie. Like, it's a very cerebral movie where that's where I think people who just want to sit back and watch a movie and have everything pointed out and not... Really oh, no, think you, about you have, what's you going on. It. You can't go and make a coffee and get a beer and just and just join it. You have to watch it. Yes. You have to watch and you have to listen to the dialogue because it's all relevant. Yes. And, and you have to understand the interaction between those two because he's driving his fucking producer mad because he won't he just won't play the game. And then at the end the pathos. Make no prisoners. Yeah. No, I mean, the pathos at the end is heartbreaking because she just bends down to kiss him and it's the end of the film, but it's also the end of them. And it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I loved it. I did. I thought it was fucking excellent. Yes. And 
I mean, for those of you who have, I mean, it does take a little bit to get going, but I think that's because yeah. it's getting you that's entrenched painful. in the characters, though, you know, and yeah. what they're about and setting up those dynamics, which can then play in earlier, you know, like you said, um, Laurel Ann, the other, you know, the younger girl that's been to yeah. Afghanistan, she she kind of loves Mr. Mazzy in her own way. Like, oh, she, she admires him. Oh. She idolizes him because yeah. all the time when the other girl, the other one, the producer, uh, Sydney, yeah. is like trying to rein him in. She's saying, "No, no, no! I, let him talk. Let him talk." You know, she's like, "No, no, he's got he's got things to say. Let him talk." Yeah. yeah. When she's like, "Don't feed that into him," and she's like, "Oops, too late." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. And then it's like the, the helicopter guy when you find out he's not in the helicopter. Yes, and you think, Ken in the sunshine chopper. How many, how many stations are doing that? But the sad thing was, at the end, when not at the end, but when the, so they go over to the, the chopper and he actually says, I'm going to have to back out of here. And he says, the road's closed. And you're thinking, at that moment, everybody knows he's not in a chopper. He's in a car. And I think, and I felt sorry for him then. I thought, he's got this life that he, everybody thinks he's in an helicopter and he probably lives for that. And, and that's destroyed. It destroyed this, uh, this virus, like, doesn't just destroy people. It, like, it destroys dreams and, and how people see themselves and everything. I mean, I don't want to, I don't analyze things like that, but I think it's one of those films you can analyze very easily, even if you don't, if you're not into, looking deeply into films because right. it's so simple to watch because it's just a basement and you sit there and you watch it and it's fucking brilliant well and there's a lot of different things that get revealed about people and human nature you know even when it was heartbreaking when um so when the virus takes ken over finally and they're like ken ken are you with us you know and He's like, it's just a symptom, simple, 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 simple. you know, yeah. and he's gone. And they're like, you know, I think it's time to say goodbye to Ken. And but it's like I... goodbye forever, isn't it? And he's really, there's real pathos when he, he says goodbye because it's a very final goodbye, isn't it? Yes. And then, it's... you know, Sydney's so upset and, you know, Grant turns to her and says, you know, um... I know he was a real good friend of yours. And she's like, no, actually, no, he, he was a child he was molester. A yes. <laughs> she's like, Ken was a pedophile. We never let our kids around him. I've just known him for so long. And yeah. I mean, growing, it sounds horrible, but growing up in a smaller town, um, you can kind of identify with that. Like there's certain people that it's, they're part of your daily fixture and they could be horrible people, but it's, you know, you still feel something when they're, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. It's still another human it's being. Just, it's just, it's just part of your life, isn't it? It's like um, our lives are made up of little, very, very short video and audio sound bites. It's like that. That yeah, he's a he's a paedophile, but he's always been round, and he's part of your life. And it was like, she was she was actually grieving for. Not for him, but for part of a life that had gone. Correct. Part of a past. Yeah. Very clever film. Very clever. Do you think that there was a? Do you think there was any moral behind it, or do you think it was just a good yarn? I think it tried. See, 
and again, I've seen it numerous times, but you know, the part at the end where he, I wasn't happy with, I wasn't really happy with that. Um, it came in too quick. It was too obvious. And it was like, it was, that was the only thing about the film. I thought I got the impression at the end, they were saying, right, we've said everything we've got to say now. Let's wind it up. And they wound it up very, very quickly. It did feel a little bit. But what I was going to say is when they were talking a little bit about it, and he was just, you know, summing up the day. Well, what the fuck happened today, folks? Someone took a buzzsaw to your middle, and they pulled out a wheeling devil, and they spilled it right across your anthill. But you know what, friends? We were never making sense. We were never making sense. And today, today when Armageddon leached out into your good, good mornings, you know what? It's just another day. Another day in Pontypool. The sun came up. You did what you did yesterday. And it's exactly what you'll do tomorrow. Today's news, folks. Today's late-breaking, developing, just-across-my-desk news story is this. It's not the end of the world, folks. It's just the end of the day. This is Grand Massey. For CLSY Radio Nowhere. And when he starts talking about, you know, um, you know, kind of they threw a clinker into your plan and, you know, trying to tie in. I don't want to give all of it away for people who are going to watch it, but about things not making sense. And he's like, but we were never making sense. No. And I think that is part of the lesson. And I don't know if you watched it through the credits, but there's a funky oh, yeah. little outtake yeah. before that goes as well. Yeah. So yeah. the characters um I I feel that they, they were quite clever in how they got the characters together because you could relate no matter who you were in society there were parts of every character you could relate to. Um and I related I actually related to Grant Mazzy's um suicide I think we all like to be a little bit like that. Um, and I just think that it was, it was... It was a clever film. And I'm glad I watched it. And for somebody who doesn't watch films and has no interest in watching violence and things like that, that's the kind of film I want to watch. That was a kind of a way in one room where I can sit there and listen to the dialogue, clever dialogue, Follow a story that works me a little bit. It wasn't too obvious, so I had to work a little bit to keep up with the way he was going. Like he's like a fucking loose cannon, Grant Mazzy, when he was on the <laughs> yes. when he's on, she's saying shut up, shut up, shut up, and he's just carrying on saying what the fucking hell he wants to say. Well, and his... he's a real loose cannon, but you can't, but you like him for that. You think go on, you bugger. <laughs> well, right. I was gonna say. So, what did you think about his his theory and differences with you know the producers like well no this is our show this is what we need to do this is whatever and you know he comes back to her and says you want an engaged listener a pissed off listener is an engaged listener he's not going to turn it off and then he's going to go tell his friend who's going to tune in 
who's gonna yeah. get pissed off and yeah. tell his friend. It's the, old, it's, it, it's the old saying, isn't it? There's no, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Right. Right. And I also like his art. <laughs> his fucking art is as cool as. That makes me want to like that. pack a cowboy hat when I come over. <laughs> I, know, I want, I want that man's art. He looked brilliant in that. But uh, yeah, and 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 I, I like how, how he was like uncontrollable, but she no control. She was holding the lead. She was holding the leash. But he was running around on the end of it, and she didn't know how to fucking hell to stop him. So she's like trying to stop him, looking over at everybody else who can help her, who are looking back, basically saying, "Let him go." Right. And 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 he wouldn't. But you were thinking when you listened to him, you're thinking, "No, don't don't stop. Tell it how it is. Say it how it is. You know, this is what we want to hear." And she was, she was obviously very very corporate, towing the corporate line, and he was a fucking maverick. Just doing what the hell he wanted, right? And well, she never questioned. Sort of, yeah, he was such an. Eng- I mean, of all, I mean, the other people apart from him in the film, even Sydney, were fairly bland and faceless. And I think that's how the film was made. I think it was made basically to make the Grant Mazzy character so strong that it came across as the film. The film was him. His perspective of what was happening and his experience, even from and the I start. And I tell you what, the, and I thought that was fucking great where they had to talk French. Yes. <laughs> and he's going, and he's going like, they, "You got to kill him." We no, we no, we no, we 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 no no no. <laughs> no oh, see, I like, I, I like when you know the other character that we see just for a little bit. Um, the doctor. Yes, Doctor Mendez. So you know they incorporate He's him in earlier doctor, through. So essentially, for people who haven't seen the film, um, like I said earlier, they're you know they never leave their location. So everything that they're getting is based off eyewitness reports or people calling in, and so they they're hearing about all these events at the offices of this Doctor Mendez. And eventually he climbs through a window <laughs> at the church where they're recording and, um, you know, comes in. And that that is how um, the viewer even learns a bit more about this zombie virus that's going on and things. Uh, folks, um, we're still here and uh, the Laurel Ann has joined us again. And uh, uh, she's uh, looking worse. She she looks like she's been trying to eat something. Stop. You sure she can't hear us? No, no, she can't. Can she read lips? Good question. Read lips. What? No, I mean, that's a very interesting thing you just said. Can they read lips? Really? No. Uh, interesting. How? How? Uh, I should uh, remind our listeners we are talking to... No. No, it can't be. It can't be. It's impossible. What's impossible, Doctor? It's viral. That much is clear. But uh, not of the blood. Not blood, not in the air, 
not on or even in our bodies. It is here. Where? But eventually, like many of the other characters, you, you see that um, he might be losing it. That was a hard part for me to tell because then later... I had a bit of a dichotomy with that at the end. He wasn't infected. He'd lost it completely. Right. He didn't deserve to die, which they wanted him to do, but actually, in the end, he sacrificed himself. Yeah, so you think he's... uh, And he has lost it, but he's lost it because finally... He's putting all the pieces together so randomly. Oh, it's like his, it's his, it's his eureka moment, isn't it? Where he's going, I've got it. And he just starts babbling because he's finally understood what's happening. Right, and obviously it's meant to be, you know, English is not his first language, so it's always more comfortable to speak in your native language. So they think he's totally loony and lost it. But he's just, you know, talking. But by this time, they've already worked out that... The English language is the is the language that's carrying the virus, so they're trying not to talk in English. This sounds very complicated for anybody who wants to watch it, but it's not. It's a very, very simple film to watch. But because it's put together so well, the information's fed to you at certain times during the film where it's almost subliminal that you take it in. So it, you just watch it like... You watch it like a soap, like a soap opera, like just an easy-watching program, but it's not. It's quite an intense film, but it's made out so cleverly that information is dropped onto you, into your brain, and you take it on, and that's how the, how the program... I think it's really, really well-made, well-produced, and it probably gets slagged off, but it's just my opinion that it's a very clever film. Yeah, like I said, I, I really, really like it. It's one of my... One of my favorite films, actually, and it it is one that um, I definitely don't mind watching um, over and over. And absolutely, you know. Well, and like we said, it's supposed to be a zombie. Thing is, I suppose it's it's quite a difficult film to actually disseminate and talk about because it is so simple. When you've got a film that's got like half a dozen different places where it's filmed and it's got effects and things. You can talk about those. This film was basically in a basement with nothing changing at all. The set was the set and you've got three characters, basically, four in the end, uh, and the cast of zombies who never actually came into it, interacting. So we don't want to undervalue it but the, you're not going. There's not as much to say about it as there is about Batman. Correct. Put it that fucking way. Right, because there's not a bunch of scenes. It's more like you said. It's dialogue based, and once you get to, you know, listen to the characters and listen what's going on, you know, that's where you put the pieces together. It's not something we can put the pieces together in this podcast about, you know. Yeah, and I think that whenever you watch it, everybody watches it. I can imagine. Everybody watch it. And you at the end of it, you've taken on the information that's coming through, you know what the situation is, and you know what the end of the film is. But you also, I think, every individual will 
run the film at a different pace. They will be laid back and take on the Grant Mazzy persona of, and I like him, and I was a bit like that, like, I like you with your art and your maverick attitude. <laughs> I want you, I want to be your character. Then there's a Sydney character. Then there's a young, I can't remember the young girl's name. But Laurel Ann. I felt, yeah. Laura, I felt desperate when, when, when she got infected because she was such a good kid and she was on his side. Yeah, see, she, I see myself. She was being in awe more... of him once, basically. She loved him. She was in awe of Grant Mazzy. See, I, I, and that's maybe it too, because you'll, you'll identify with the different character. Because to me, I felt like, I mean, I don't have, you know, military service or anything like that piece of her life, but I felt like, you know, Laurel Ann in the way, you know, um, she'll see this creative genius of Grant Mazzy, you know, and look up to him and be like, he's fucking great, you know, and she just. But he wasn't a great. But he, but he isn't. He wasn't a creative genius. He was a loudmouth pisshead. <laughs> you know, I mean, basically, he got a bottle of whiskey at the beginning of it. You know, and 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 that's how he was. He was clever. He was articulate. She saw him as some kind of demigod kind of thing. But he was. He was just one of the blokes. Those blokes in the pub who's got lots to say for Maybe themselves. Maybe this is a fucking he? parody of my podcast right here in yeah, Pontypool. I think so. <laughs> we should call you Mog Megan Mazzy. <laughs> Take no prisoners. <laughs> there you go. Oh, as far as I know, I don't have any pissed off listeners, but you know, I'm too nice for that. You've got you've got one. <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Fucking dead right. Oh, uh, you'll tell me what's up. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) I would never use fucking language like that, you cunt. (laughs) So, yeah, I think um, we've pretty much summed summed up the film. I think we pretty much have. Like I say, we probably could have spoken more about it, but it's one of those films where you just want to say to people, don't listen to me, go and watch it. Right. And it's... Like we said, it's definitely not gory. Um, the bits with the zombies is very, very brief, and it's not gory or well, it's particularly not, it's not... violent. Um, no, not at all. So, you know, if you're not into the gore and the stuff like this, this as well, it's its own different kind of horror zombie movie. <laughs> it's, it's for, I think it's for people who are a bit more cerebral. It's for, I mean, yeah, it's my kind of film. I don't like... No, not that I'm weird or anything, but I don't like violence. It bores the shit out of me. But this, yeah, it's like uh, getting in front of the telly, big beer, couple of beers, you know, plate of sandwiches, sit there, dark night when it's pissing down outside, sit there and fucking just enjoy it. Oh, just and just, enjoy it and, and just get into it and get into the characters. It's a good film. It's a fucking good film. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was, I'm, I'm glad I watched it. And I was gonna. And say... I hope, I actually hope that and that people who who've, who listen to this go and watch it. And if you think it's shit, us to Toshpod, Twitter, get on and tell me you think it's shit. Because I'll only call you a wanker anyway. But you know, no, come on. You'll call them that anyway. <laughs> well, come on, tell us you think it's shit, and then we can talk about it and, and get our heads together about it. Good. Exactly. I would love to know. You know, we cover all these movies, and 
you know, exactly. if you'd seen them. Words of feedback, yeah. To get random feedback, it'd be so cool. It would be so cool to actually uh, hear what other people think. Yeah. Of the different yeah. movies, especially, yeah. you know, something like I said. You'd get, you'd get me coming on saying, Megan, I think you're a bag of shite. And then that's like constructive criticism because you'd be able to up your game then. <laughs> well, or you'd piss people <laughs> off and get them involved. They'd be like, fuck you. It's not a piece of shite. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, definitely. Whenever you guys have opinions on any of these movies, it would be great to hear from you. And uh, you can always email the show screamsandmoans at gmail.com or of course on twitter it's a little more instantaneous for you um it's at screams and moans but uh yeah so we'll take a little break for the listeners and uh, we'll be back with our limericks and dirty poetry oh we certainly will Speaking of dirty, we've got some dirty Dr. Seuss and some dirty lyrics to uh, go through. Okay, right. Where do you want me to start? Because basically, Dr. Seuss means fuck all to us in the UK. Dr. Seuss was born in about 1904, and we know all this about it. The only thing us in the UK know about him is the twat in the cap. You know, twat in the cap. (laughs) That's all. Dr. Seuss and... The twat in the hot. (laughs) <laughs> That's right, the twat in the hot. And some obscure lyrics in an R.E.M. song. That that That's about it. We know fuck all... But we have our own limericks. Now, limericks is... Basically, a limerick is... Hang on. Ooh, we're being educated. It's like five lines, really, isn't it? It's like three long, two short, and a long. And it's actually... Eight, right, right. So we've got limericks. Now... What do you want to do? You want to talk about Doctor Zeus, or do you want me to hit fucking limericks? Because I've got some absolute fucking corkers. Well, I think we'll go. We'll go with your limericks because people get a little okay. feel for Doctor Seuss when right. I read some of mine out. So okay, right now limericks over here um, are embedded in the culture, and they go back generation, generation, generation. And there's one that may you may know over there. We I thought it was. Peculiar to us, but it's probably not. Um, and it was on the good ship Venus. Okay. Have you heard it? Um, maybe. I don't know. Right. <laughs> well, it starts off, and it's like, it's the old limerick. And, and I've changed it because the actual words are different, but every generation, every person changes it to what they want. And it's like, she was on the good ship Venus. By God, you should have seen us. The figurehead was a nude in bed, sucking a bastard's penis. <laughs> the first name's, the first mate's name was Cropper. My God, he had a whopper. Twice round the deck, once round the deck, and back up his ass for a stopper. 
This could Captain be an episode Mabel. of HMS the wife of Mabel. My God, but she was able. She gave the crew the daily due upon the kitchen table. <laughs> this goes on for fucking ever. But we also get limericks that are peculiar to towns. I lived in a place called Lee, and very close to Lee is a place called West Orton. And have you ever heard of you've heard of Norton motorcycles, motorbikes? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Classic. So there's West Orton, right? There was a young girl from West Orton who had one long tit and a short and apart from that she had a fucking big twat and a fart like a six fifty Norton. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this fucking go on. There was an old man from Harrow who tried to tried to have sex with the sparrow. The sparrow said, No, you can't have a go, as the hole is in my arse is too narrow. <laughs> <laughs> you, just go, you just go fucking on hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. I've got loads here. Mm. Well, I, I've rolled them all I've rolled them all down. But how, the, how about there once was a girl from White whose pussy was so very tight. I whispered in her ear, then came in her rear. Oh, that really gave her a fright. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there was a young man called Paul who couldn't rely on his ring piece at all. When he sat on the loo, it went slightly askew and it splattered some poo on the wall. <laughs> there once was a lass called Louise whose cunt smelled like Limburger cheese. She'll eat so much grunge that she purchased a sponge and sopped up the muck to her knees. <laughs> that is horrible. That, that one, one is crude. <laughs> there was a young man from Bombay who shagged 20 chickens a day. He wouldn't stop fucking till they all started clucking. Then he'd eat all the eggs that they lay. <laughs> oh, here's one from me, like from Leeds. There once was a man from Leeds who swallowed a packet of seeds. Within half an hour, his dick was aflow and his balls were all covered in weeds. <laughs> oh. There was a young girl called Sophia who succumbed to her lover's desire. She said, it's a sin, but now that it's sin, could you shove it a few inches higher? No. Oh, I'll save mine for last, I think. Oh, there, there was a young girl called Denise whose pubes hung down to her knees. The crabs got together to knit her a sweater so in winter a twat wouldn't freeze. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> oh, I'll never think of knitting the same again. Damn it. <laughs> and there you go. But what are you on about Dr. Juice? Well, like I say, we know it, it, it doesn't come across. How important is like Dr. Juice in American culture? So very few people in America would grow up without hearing or reading or owning numerous Dr. Seuss books. So they're kind of used to teach. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of... What's the moral behind it? What's the moral behind them? Um, Really, it's kind of nonsensical words but they're the books are more to teach reading so it's a lot of repetitive oh, they are, are they i thought they were a moral code but uh, they're not really no they're they're kind of just nonsensical like i said i mean um i mean some of them you know you've got like the cat in the hat but i mean you've got like hop on pop and one fish two fish red fish blue fish and things where the repetitiveness and the rhyming 
helps right. children learn so, to read. So how was this guy qualified to do this? I hope he wasn't, because I love people who aren't qualified to do things who just show all the so-called professionals the way to go. I mean, was he uh, a child psychologist, something like that? Or do you not know? Have you not really researched this podcast? I actually, you know, I should have <laughs> researched, but I was having more fun rewriting his work than uh, reading about it. Well, you know, his name wasn't really Dr. Seuss. No. It was Theodore... Oh, yeah, Theodore some Geisel? Geisel? That's right, yeah. Um... So he's an American writer, poet, Vin and Diesel's dad. <laughs> Vin Diesel. <laughs> Vin Diesel's dad, wasn't it? <laughs> so he had used a different pen name in college. So he'd always been um, a writer and stuff like that. So um, I guess he is somewhat qualified then in that sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, evidently sometimes it took him up to a year. To write a book. He was a shit writer then, wasn't he? Yeah, it, well, it says he was a perfectionist, so it wasn't... I could write that, I could write that shit while I was having the fucking <laughs> right. It took morning. you a year to write <laughs> one fish, two fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> it's like, it's like... One fish, two fish. Now, where do we go from here? Fucking nine months later, you go, I'll tell you what, like, three fish. <laughs> There's a, a breakthrough. Oh. Um, but evidently, he he went to college. So far as I can see, what you're telling me is this bloke was taking the fucking piss. Yeah, well, you know, he went to earn a PhD in English literature um, at Oxford. And, um, we let him into this country. Yeah, but he left without earning a degree and came back to no, the I'm US. Not surprised, really. Fucking <laughs> no. twatting a cap. I mean, that's you know, that's brilliant, though, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, you want to hear some of my dirty Dr. Seuss, or should I finish up with um my last? No, 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 no. I want to hear. I want to hear as much dirt as you can dish out. Oh, well, I'll save my limerick for last. How about that? Even though we were just talking about limericks. Go on, go on. All right. Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. So, I kind of went through some of his stories, and like I said, they they rhyme, so they have a bit of a flow to them. And um, one of my favorite books as a kid of his was Green Eggs and Ham. So I have turned it into Big Cocks on Cam. <laughs> Absolutely. You being you, you being you, would do that, wouldn't you? Um, it's very... Oh, you are so you are so predictable. Oh, am I now? Fuck you. <laughs> You'd love it. Um, so, here we go. I do not oh. like big cocks on cam. I do not like them, Sam I am. You do not like them, so you say. Try them, try them, and you may. Try them, and you may, I say. Fuck, if you will let me be... I will try them. You will see. Say, I like big cocks on cam. I do. I like them, Sam I am. And I would eat them on a boat. And I would take them in my throat. And I will eat them in the rain. And in the dark. And if in pain. And near or far. And it's just me. They are so fucking good, you see. <sighs> So, I've got a semi on it. I've got a semi on it. <laughs> so I will. Oh, just wait. So I will. Oh, you know, you're not finished. You're not finished. Oh, uh, no. 
So I will shove them in my box, and I will have oh. a bunch of cocks. And I will eat them in a house, but not if they are covered with louse. And I will fuck them with some flair. Ooh, I will fuck them anywhere. I do so like big cocks on cam. Thank you, thank you, Sam I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, um, yeah. That's good. <laughs> but not only that, it's, it's clever how you interpreted it in a 21st century manner. <laughs> yes. Like, like the fucking Tower of Babel. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's um, you know, kind of classic style. Um, that was classic, was it? That was fucking classic. That was classic American literature, was it? I'll tell you what, <laughs> you've, got a fucking, you've got a fucking long way to go, you lot. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be reading that one to your children, I'll tell you Steinbeck, that. Steinbeck, Steinbeck must have just popped out in all word. I don't know. Fucking hell, he was, yeah. <laughs> Scott Fitzgerald ain't got shit on me. <laughs> oh, no, this is it. This is it, yeah. You got like Doctor Who's talking absolute crap, then brilliance. Where the fucking hell's it was, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Must be all the drugs in between. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I just meant, you know, that was kind of classic Doctor Seuss style, only done a little dirtier. Um, but I have. I like, I like, I like the, the I like the updated version. <laughs> yes. Mm, the cock, big cocks on cam. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I ha I have one more. It's not. We'll see. Um, but it's taken from in the same style of this one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. But um, you know, obviously, it's always kind of commentary between characters. It well. So, did you ever ride a chump? We have a chump with just one hump, but we know a man called Mister Gump. Mister Gump has a seven hump pump. So, if you like to go bump bump, just jump on the hump of Mr. Gump. Who am I? My name is Ned. I do not like my little bed. This is no good. This is not right. My meat sticks out of bed all night. And when I pull them in, oh dear, my head sticks out of bed up here. We like our bed. It's made for three. Our mic brings up the back, you see. We like our mic, and this is why. Mike does all the work while we get high. Hello there, Ned. How do you do? Tell me, tell me what is new. How are things in your little bed? What is new? Please tell me, Ned. Oh, I do not like this bed at all. If I don't come, I'm going to ball. A kiss, a pet, a rub, a fuck. Oh, what a bed. Oh, what good luck. Oh, dear, oh, dear, I cannot hear. Will you please come, then bring a beer? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So um yeah, so those are my two um No, oh, they were good. They, they put mine to shame. I just chunted out a load of limericks and you came out with professional prose. <laughs> I don't know about and, and, and and actually spoken in a very appealing manner. I was I was shocked, surprised and in awe of your brilliance. Oh, thank you. You ready to hear my final limerick then? Oh, just give me a blowjob. My, this is almost as good. <laughs> Go on. Almost, almost as good. <laughs> Go on. Uh, it's about you. Are you? <laughs> oh, Jesus! Fucking Christ. So, 
There was a bald man from Lee. No, there was an old pikey named Nig. Of his cock, oh. he thought it quite big. Well, just my luck, he wanted to fuck. And now I'll squeal like a pig. <laughs> and every word of that is fucking true. I tell you. So there you go. You've got a personal Megan Lyric. I like that. I like that. Yep. Thumbs up from Nig, the river pikey. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of fun to get goofy like that. And <laughs> of course it is. Of course it's brilliant. You know, so, um, yeah, and along with that, we, um, of course, always ask our listeners to send in what they have as well. And, um, yeah, I think it's time we get to that. First, we have Stephen Carr, who said, <laughs> I feel such a fool, an absolute tool. I could not be more distraughtist. In the heat of passion, I thought for a fashion you said I should sniff your clematis. <laughs> nice. I like that. <laughs> nice. Really cool. <laughs> so I've got Wayne Crunchy Baglin, the Crunch Time Show. Wayne Baglin, funny guy, funny as fuck. I've not had much to do with him, but I'm gonna like contact him and cause he is a cunt. Uh, <laughs> here we go. There was a young lady named McFly who wanted to get fucked by a spy. But the dirty young loon shot his love gun too soon and fired his hot spunk in her eye. <laughs> well done, Crunchy Baglin. I've had that happen before. <laughs> hang on, hang on. What's this I'm reading now? Um, I am going to... Oh, my friend... Read the, read the first line of that. And how appropriate, how, dare, how relevant is that? Yeah, so my friend... Anna, Would you do it in a boat? I know. Could you Would do you it? Would you do it in a boat? Would you do it in my boat? <laughs> I bet you fucking would. <laughs> if the boat's a rockin', don't come a knockin'. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, if the boat's a rockin', me and Maggie Lynn, don't come a knockin'. Because <laughs> she's probably giving me heart massage, because me fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. Keep on. Nothing to see here. <laughs> so yeah, my friend Anne. Who's Anne? Who's Anne? Anne is one of my friends that I used to live with her and her husband. Not friends. Yeah, I, I know it's shocking that anyone would it associate with such filth as myself. But um, yeah, so she said, "Would you do it in a boat? Could you do it on a float? Would you do it in a bar? Could you do it in a car?" Would you, could you, in a bed? Would you suck my little head? Do you like big tits on Anne? <laughs> do you like them, Sam I am? Yes, I do, said Sam I am. <laughs> she does have big tits, too, by the way. It doesn't end, though, does it, though? No, because then she came up with another rhyme. Because once I got her started, you know, you can't stop. Yeah, but, it, it, but the one where it just says, and... Yeah, well... What about one cock, two cock, three cock more? White cock, black cock, Asian cock score! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> hey, we've got Jenny Sorens on here now. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And um, the way that she spelled my name is on purpose. You reckon she's done this, or do you think that cock sucker of an husband of hers has done it? <laughs> Well, he's probably sitting out in the car recording for Strange Time Show and pulling himself off 
the bloody dickhead. <laughs> Leaves her all alone. I have a great relationship with cat sorens. It's like this mutual abuse. <laughs> I like him. It He's a dickhead. Like all, sounds like all of your uh, friendships and relationships. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, well, no, and um, I thought it was nice that, uh, you know, I said last night that, you know, if you need me, I'm sitting around writing Dirty Dr. Seuss and Limericks and drinking a cider. And uh, <laughs> she wrote this little limerick for me. <laughs> so, um, you want to read this one or you want me to read this one? Hang on. Yeah, I'll read. No, I want to read it. Okay. There was a young lady called Megan who just couldn't shake this one feeling that if she didn't get dick up a twat, she'd be sick, so she stuffed it with that what would seal in she must know me already <laughs> yeah. I think she's just got Kat Sorens as a fucking husband I think that's about it Ugh. she knows everything that'd be enough to push you over the edge that'd be enough to push you right over the edge <laughs> and she's actually beautiful as well So she is extreme and she has the sexiest fucking voice going I, I... when she read the express podcast I had an erection <laughs> <laughs> when Cat read when Cat read it, it's most called Cross about suicidal. <laughs> it shriveled up and went inside a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, had a quarter inch dick when he was reading this. <laughs> speaking, speaking. No, I don't mean that. He's a he's a he's a good guy. He's a good lad. Well, speaking of, uh, well, Cat and um, and Seamus Seamus O'Kunt. <laughs> We love Seamus. Yes. Well, you know, Seamus has sent us a little something as well. Hello! This is fucking Seamus O'Cunt from the fucking Strange Time Show, no less. For fucking WW. Uh, fucking dot this strange time show dot fucking com, you miserable fucking bikey cunts. Right now, look, I was sitting at home minding my own fucking business the other day. Well, it, no, no, wait, no, it's tomorrow. No, no, it didn't wait, it was last fucking week. No, no, wait, no, wait, no, it was, it was about half an hour ago. Anyway, I was sitting around fucking jacking it like a fucking demon I was. Oh, I was pulling the fucking head clean off it, and I wouldn't even know that fucking horrible bit, Megan from the fucking. Yeah, the content fucking uh, screamy moany fucking featureless podcast. She fucking tweeted me. She said, Seamus, Seamus, he said, you little horrible fucking buck tooth beauty fucking pasty white Irish fucking wanker. Can you fucking do me the do me the fucking pleasure of writing the fucking limerick for that fucking miserable fucking toothless cunt fucking name? Uh, what's his name? Uncle Arthur the fucking uh, Nigel Boydale. Oh, the dirty fucking horrible looking cunt he is. So I said, no, you can get fucked. But then I had a little think about it. I thought about it for, ooh, for a good old three or four fucking seconds. I thought, no, fuck that. I'll sledge both of you cunts at the same fucking time. Or two birds, one stone, as they say. Or um, two Jews, one cup. Uh, no, no, wait. No, I tell you, it wasn't two Jews. It was uh, two uh, other ethnic minorities of some sort or another. Um, probably English folk. Dirty fucking cunts they are. Let me tell you. Right, poisons aren't fucking bloody potatoes as well, fucking cunts. Right, uh, so I'm supposed to be coming up with some kind of fucking limerick for you fucking lip-wristed fucking thieves. Um, uh, I fucking, uh, I don't know, I'm supposed to be making a fucking rhyming fucking thing about fucking, uh, what's it called? Um, 
Megan and for uh, something about screaming, moany, fucking shout. So they're looking at fucking. Don't turn this fucking music down. Fucking content thing it is. Jesus Christ. Fucking. Just a little smidgen. That'd be fucking nice. Right. Now, let me go some fucking shit. Um, yeah, let me think. Girl. Um. There was a young lass named Megan. Who for cock she was always begging. And then she met him. Name, name, name Nick Boydell, whose cock smelt like hell. And on her face he did rub with a smeggin. How do you like that one then, you miserable cunts? Yeah, it wasn't fucking bad, was it, eh? Oh, fucking three chains for shame, Mr. Fucking Pikey Cunt. Right. <sighs> so, um, if you finish listening to this fucking horse shit about fucking movies and shoving your cocks in things and rubbing your fucking girly bits on all of her fucking things and that and shite, then you can go to fucking Show and listen to some of the fucking gold that's there. Oh, it's lovely. You'll hear Nigel Boydell getting his arse ripped out and shitting his pants on that fucking lovely little podcast. It's fucking very nice. And Davian didn't, doesn't have to get a fucking arse, arse ripping as well. But that's what he fucking deserves, being a fucking well strat. Alright, uh, my name's Seamus O'Cunt, and I've been fucking horrible to you, and a good day. Thank you very much. My god, that music's fucking shite. Listen to it. It never fucking stops. Just a diddly diddly round in fucking circles. What cunts about this? Fucking filthy fucking heathens, I fucking tell you. Now, we can just get this thing to turn off. Get a little fucking hammer out and give it a tiny little tap. Here we go. Good boy. Oh my god. <laughs> he is. He's, he's one of a kind, that lad. <laughs> and. <laughs> Oh, the Megan and Beggin. I mean, oh. <laughs> but now, uh, I'm not going to forget the Smegan. The Smegan, come on. No, I... <laughs> oh, he definitely took... Well, he, 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 I mean, he says... I mean, Smeg is a very 70s word. But we all do know what it means. Still... Well, yeah, but do people still use it? We did. I think it's 70s. come back. I think it's actually it. come back, it. yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> so, please don't run, rub any smeg um, in my face. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a, uh, there was a British um, television series called Red War? Red War. Yes. Yeah, and and there was one, of the, and there was a robot on there, and I forgot what his name was, but um, uh, and they tried to teach him. To say, he couldn't say anything bad about people, so they tried to get him to say Lister was a smeghead, and he was going, Lister is a smeghead, <laughs> but he couldn't say smeghead because he, he wasn't <laughs> allowed to like, insult me. It was brilliant. <laughs> Crichton, Crichton, his name was this robot, yeah, and he was going. Lister is a smack. <laughs> Fabulous. Anybody in the UK will know Red Dwarf. I sit, you know what? It's one of those things that they have like one of the a Red Dwarf night, and it's on from like six o'clock at night to six o'clock in the morning. You just play one after the other, and you just get loads of drinking and sit and watch Red Dwarf all night. Brilliant. Well, we can we can get it on Netflix now. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because the bloke who's in it, I mean, the early ones are really good. There's Craig Charles, who's gone off a bit now. He's done other things. But, and the cat, there's one bloke, there's one character called Cat, 
and he's like this cool, real cool character. And he's now in another series, and it's so long ago, he's like this grey-haired cop with a grey beard, really gnarled old cat. And, and when you look at it, you think, God, it was only five minutes ago that he was cat. He was this uber cool character, you know, and but it's not, it must be like, there must be 20 or 30 years this program's been going on. Yeah. Um, oh, it's great. Red Dwarf's great. It's like cult over here. You have Red Dwarf evenings where you get all your friends around and get loads of beers and, and food and pizza and just watch Red Dwarf all night. Oh, that brilliant. sounds good. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> well, we have one more, one more limerick that was sent to us. When her daughter got married and by kissed her, her mother remarked as she kissed her, that fellow you've won is sure to be fun since T, he's banged me and your sister. <laughs> yeah, that should be a good one. What kind of weird fuck is that? <laughs> That's scary shit, that is. <laughs> so, um, yep, talking about banging the mother and sister, I don't... <laughs> So again, thanks to all of our listeners for their responses, as always. And for next episode, we're going to talk about your sexy dreams. So, you know, um, if you can remember a particularly vivid sex dream or maybe just a really fucking weird sex dream, um, you know, or just something that's a memorable dream you've had that is related to sex you can go ahead and send it into the show and that address is screamsandmoans at gmail.com and with that I think we're yeah pretty much wrapping up this episode of the screams and moans podcast so speaking of uh, wrapping up the show and getting going um, where could my listeners uh, hear the stuff that you do or get in touch with you if they'd like to do that the benefits office at Wigan <laughs> I'm usually out there eating fucking chips drinking fucking barley wine and spewing up on the steps then I get benefits then I go home and I start podcasting <laughs> And when I'm absolutely full of fucking barley wine and chips and shit and all the benefits I've robbed off the company, off the government you're all paying your wages for, you can find me on HMS Podcast. Or you can come over to, to come over to Twitter and find me Utter Tosh Pod, at Utter Tosh Pod, because we do HMS Podcast, uh, Utter Tosh Pod, and... Fucking all sorts of shit. I'm a bit pissed, so you've got to excuse your, me. Your Uncle but, Arthur collection of all your old Oh, stuff. yeah, the Uncle Arthur podcast collection. I did 40-odd episodes. And I'm going to do more Uncle Arthur, but people found it. People in my family found it somewhat offensive. So, But Uncle Arthur will return. Uncle Arthur will return in all his cunting glory. Um... <laughs> But HMS Codcast and more. What I'm doing with HMS Codcast, HMS Codcast is a tale about a, a, a boat, a, um, a vessel in the 1750s that has been set away from England because it's full of idiots. So it's this voyage of all these idiots who nobody wants to know, and it's about the journeys, and it's wonderful. And what I'm looking for, I write it, and I get podcasters... Megan's done one, different podcasters to read an episode. So any podcasters out there who would like to read an episode of 
uh, of HMS Cosgast, bearing in mind that this week's episode has been read by Mark Hershon of fucking Succotash. That is so you, fucking cool. That is so cool. You've got a big act to follow. So, but anybody who wants to, please get in touch with me at, at UtterToshPod at Twitter. Sounds good. And if... Or if I'm too pissed and you can't tell what I'm saying, just get in touch with Megan and she'll fucking put you on to me. <laughs> She's good like that. Or She's, just my tell... secret... She's my secretary. Or just tell them to fuck off. Um... <laughs> or, just tell... or just tell them to fuck off. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and as usual, on Twitter, you can find me at Screams and Moans and... We also have a Facebook page, so that's the Facebook address, slash Screams and Moans. And, of course, we also have the website, which is www.screamsandmoans.com. And um, with that, I hope everyone has had a good night. If you enjoy the show, give us a nice review. And I think we're just going to fuck off, huh? Fuck off. Hey, fuck off. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>